Hi, Ram, everyone. We will start the class for today. Um, we'll start with three omkarams and the prayers. Sai Ram. So I just want to take you all through this um, prayer. I have some transliteration here, as you can see. I just want to highlight because um, uh, some of the accents, uh, it, though it's not a Vedic uh, uh, class, but I thought I would just highlight so that you can be aware of it. So this Om, which is um, just a common straightforward Om. Here you can see a small dash here below the A, that means the, the pitch of that sound is a little lower. So in Sanskrit, there are three levels of pitches. So this is the lower one. So you know, it goes from, this is the lower pitch, this middle pitch. And this one, there's, uh, you know, a, a, a stroke upwards, that means it is a higher pitch. Sahano Bhunaktu Sahiryam Karavavahai Tejasvina Padhita Mastu Ma Vidvisha Vahai. So that's the way it goes. I thought I would just highlight. If you have any questions, we can discuss it later. But I thought I would just point it out. So what we are going to do is um, we are just going to uh, review some of the points which we covered last week first. And then um, I will um, proceed for whatever we were going to do today, okay? Uh, so as I said, told you earlier, we are just going to first focus on the pronunciation. Um, and then we will see how we can write and um, recognize written letters. And then we will move on towards once we have covered all the alphabet. Okay, so so I, just to go through the short vowels which we covered last time. So as I told you, the sound is produced from the back of the throat, uh, to the mouth cavity, and then it sound moves forward to the tip of the or mouth, which is so the lips, okay? So the first short vowel which we looked at was ah, ah. Then the second short vowel was e. The third short vowel is r, in terms of progression, r. The next one is close to the teeth, where the tongue sort of comes to the teeth is l, l. And the tip at the front of the mouth, the lips produce what's called oo, okay, which I think all of you are familiar. I had also highlighted what the tongue positions will be for each of them. Ah means the, the uh, tongue sort of ri uh, rises up near the back of the mouth, uh, near the palate, 
soft palate and um, you produce ah. E is when the tongue sort of rises up parallel to the mouth cavity, palate, roof of the mouth is just be parallel and then you produce what's called E. e. R is when the tongue actually is bent and is pointing upwards, R, okay. E is when the tongue actually is towards the teeth, almost not touching the teeth. As I said, uh, none of the vowels have, involve any contact in the mouth, but the tongue sort of raises up and is sort of pointing near the teeth and you produce ear. The last one is oo. I think uh, it should be pretty straightforward. Then we, then I also mentioned a couple of things, which is prayatnam, uh, the effort, sthanam, the position, the strength which you apply to produce the sound and the time period. So the R becomes a longer one. The longer one is more or less double the uh, uh, time uh, taken to pronounce. So the same short vowels, you say them for a longer period of time, which is R, E, R, A, and U. Okay, all of them longer than the short vowels, more or less double that amount of time. Okay, so then um, we talked about diphthongs. You know, when some vowels are produced by combination of two basic vowels, we looked at A and I, which is actually a combination of R and E. Between R and E, you produce the sound A, and you also produce the sound when you sort of diphthong, when you sort of uh, move it slowly, it becomes I, basically R, E, I, okay? So we looked at how those vowels are produced in our mouth, I and A, A and I, okay? Then we looked at how the more complex vowels of O and AU are produced. It's a combination of A at the back of the throat and U at the front of the mouth. O, as you can see, is O, which all of us are familiar with in Om, Omkaram. Au is a slow transition from A to U. Okay, Au, Au, Au. Okay, so that's the way those consonants are produced, uh, uh, sorry, vowels are produced. Um, so those are called the A, I, O, and Au are all of them are longer vowels, are considered longer vowels because it's a combination of two short vowels. Okay. <clears throat> and I also talked about the two special vowels called ah, which is called visarga. Visarga, I, I think on the table I have given the name. Ah. Okay. That vowel actually, that vowel her. It's actually breathing air. It's not ha, which you know where you sort of sort of touch the sound and produce a more uh, pronounced ha sound. But this ha is only air coming through. Okay, ah. So that also changes. Actually, you may have heard ah he like hari he. 
guru okay ramaha okay so that sort of undergoes changes also we will touch that later on but that's called visarga um mm, because it should be a resonance with in the nasal cavity actually when you pronounce that you should be able to see the vibration in the entire uh, head region actually mm. actually you can practice and see it is more like a humming of a bee it is not ma mm. so you should try to see whether you can push the sound vibration into the nasal cavity so that's why anuswara um so that makes up 16 vowels as i had mentioned um so you can see these are the short vowels a e u r e and the longer version of them they are called the uh, short ones are called hraswa for anyone who is interested in the sanskrit word it's hraswa um the longer ones are called dirgha okay dirgha long swara swara is the name for swara is the uh, name for uh, vowels in sanskrit swarah means swarah means is plural okay uh, long vowels so the longer versions are a e u e okay and then we covered these this is called guna or vriddhi actually that's the name of the words i will not go into the details of it it just for anyone who is interested in the information um i think at this point in time we'll just focus on the sound first one is a i o au okay and i have given the combinations of short vowels which produce that sound okay or the combination of vowels itself i will discuss this i put this uh, because this become useful in a concept called sandhi uh, we can discuss that when we come to that point later on in the course okay then anuswara is m mm, which is produced in the nasal cavity and visarga is the two uh, dots which are like a colon which is basically like that you at different points it changes how it is pronounced okay so we will come to that so i thought i will cover those points i don't know if you have any questions we can address them later um i also covered om which by itself is a letter but it's a combination of three things three basic vowels a u and anuswara which is mm, okay so that by the combination of those three it becomes one letter by itself which all of us are familiar because of the symbol om which we see everywhere okay um so this is just by way of revision of what we discussed last week now i would like to go on to writing in devaragri i don't know whether you all will be writing on a regular basis but it may be good for you all to know how it's written and um, also uh, it will help the recognition of the letter in a better way sense even if you practice uh, writing the letter once uh, i think the memory uh, you will be able to recognize them when you come across when you are reading something okay um writing in devanagari i thought i will just talk about something called shiro rekha okay um, it's called shiro rekha 
it, it's uh, two words are combined here. One is called shiras or shiraha. Shiraha means head. Okay. Rekha means line. Okay. So shiru rekha means the connecting line at the top of the word which you normally see in Sanskrit. So as you can see, this, uh, this is shiro rekha, there's straight line connecting all the words, all the letters. Um, there is some symbolism, so either I will just spend a little bit of time because shiro rekha is something which links all the letters, okay? So it is also supposed to symbolize divinity which connects all human beings. The Atman in us is the Atman in the other person. That unites us all, whether we realize it or not, that's the string which runs through every single thing in this creation. Okay, so whenever we are writing, we should not forget that everything is hung on that cord, which is the connecting cord, which is God himself. So, so Shiro Reka is um, the, the most supreme line which connects all the individual letters. Just like every single human being is connected through the divinity which runs through all of us. The Shiro Reka is supposed to link every letter and only when it links together, there's meaning. That is also considered unity. Um, unity, bringing the letters together to produce a word. So in this world, so to, to recognize that, to remember that and recollect that, that line is put at the top of the letters. So you can imagine how much of thought the rishis have put in, even to design the letter and writing system. Of course, it also makes sure that the letters are written, because in those days, if you don't have printed books where which, you know, lines where you can write. So that itself also became a line under which everything is neatly arranged. So those were two reasons why Shiro Rekha is important and the spiritual significance of it. So whenever we are writing, we should not forget every letter we write, we should know that there's a divine element in it and that's the one which will help us connect. So they wanted the language and the writing, everything to remain, remain, remind us of the divinity inherent in everything in life. And that is the reason Shiro Rekha is used. I thought I will just touch upon that because uh, we should understand the spiritual philosophy also um, under uh, uh, the language, how it has been developed, how much the rishis have thought, how scientifically they have thought, how with a spiritual bend of mind they have approached the language itself. Okay, So I thought I will just highlight that. Then I'm also going to use what English transliteration, you already have used it. So I thought I will just mention, um, it's just for information purposes for whoever is interested. So I am using something called ISO 15919. Um, that is a transliteration schema. You know, for example, what's R, how do you write it in English? If it is E, how do you write it in English? So there are many people who have tried different ways of writing. Um, uh, transliterating in English so people can look at English script and read. But a proper transliteration will make us, if all of us, be on the same page. So I have used ISO 15919. You all can look up what it is. It was developed uh, or it was became public in 2001 
by the International Organization for Standards. What they had done was they have taken uh, a, a previous um, uh, system, actually there are about five or six systems which are used for transliteration and sans uh, of Sanskrit. Uh, but one of the most popular ones is called IAST, which is um, International Alphabet for Sanskrit Transliteration. It was developed in the 17th century um, by many of the Europeans who were worked on um, Sanskrit literature in India. So they came up with a system called IAST, which had been prevalent until 2000. Uh, but in 2001, uh, there were certain, um, uh, uh, what to say, uh, disadvantages in that system because the, somebody wanted to come up, the ISO wanted to come up with what standard is across all Indian languages and many of the Eastern languages too. So they developed something called ISO 15919 and that has been slowly growing in popularity um, over a period of time. Someone says no sound. Um, I think uh, maybe auntie Maybe something wrong with your um, computer, auntie. Uh, please check the sound speaker, okay? Um, so IAST was developed in 17th century, but now ISO 159. And so we are, I'm going to be using that. I prefer to use that. Um, I think when auntie is having problem with the sound, I don't know whether someone can help her. Sorry about it. Uh, okay, so an auntie is having problem with sound, I guess, it's technology issues. Okay, so I'm, uh, so I thought I would just point it out to you, but I will keep the transliteration going for some time. But after the point in time, I'm planning to stop doing transliteration because that way you're forced to look at the Sanskrit letters, okay? Um, so I'm going to go to writing the letter because I have been rushing through the letters. So I thought um, I have already posted some material in the Google Classroom where you can um, uh, dial, uh, so you can practice. Can someone uh, call Auntie um, Nataraja and uh, Help her, please. I think she's having some problem with sound. Um, I would, if anyone can volunteer, uh, I would appreciate that. I'm just going to pick somebody to go and help her. Okay, so I will uh, continue. I, I hope until. Okay, someone. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you, Sister Darni. I think it's your aunt. Um, okay, 
So um, we will just look at, so I have already provided some practice sheets for you to practice the vowels, but I will just go through. I don't know if you all would like, maybe I can um, just write and show you. I'm just going to, the spotlight I think you can see. So the I is written. Like a, you write a three more or less. Okay. So as you can see on the screen which I put, there are numbers how you can write it. So you write a three and then you go this way and you draw a line this way. So that becomes a that's a short form of a sound. Okay. Then to this a you draw another bar that becomes the longer a. Ah. Okay. And you will always come across this additional line, which actually is the longer version of a vowel in many, of many of the other consonants. When you come to, you will understand. Whenever we want to elongate the a sound, you usually put another line next to it. That becomes the longer a. Okay, I think uh, if you practice it a few times, you will become more familiar with it. But I thought I would just slowly take you through that because a few had, uh, initially I was not thinking of practicing writing, but I think there was interest. So I thought I will spend some time. I'm going to erase this. If anyone has questions, I will deal with it later. So the next one is E. So E is drawn like this, okay. So you can see it's a, draw, a line, then you write an S, then you do a squiggly and end it like this. And you write it. Okay, this is E, short form of E. Then to make it long, you draw a line, you draw a an umbrella handle, I would say, a hook. So that becomes a longer E. Okay, this is E. Okay, the longer version of that. So now I'm going to cover the next level. The next one, next vowel I'm going to write is U, okay? Which is like R, but just three, you know, if you want, it's easy, then you draw a line. This is U, okay? Just uh, three, you write, and then draw a line above, the, sh the shiro reka at the top, and it becomes U. Okay, for the wood to become longer one, you draw more or less a tail, as a curved tail, I would say. That becomes a longer u. Okay. 
then I'm going to go to the next one. The next letter is R. So you can see <clears throat> I hope uh, I like it slightly bigger function. It's it's a bit complicated. I hope it's okay. You can look at the picture. I think it's a bit more clear. There are numbers given how you draw the strokes. Okay, this R. For making it longer, this curve is actually increased once more. So there are double squiggles, which makes it a longer R. Okay. It, it will, you will not come across this that often, but I thought it for just so that for sake of completeness, I thought I will leave it there. Um, the shorter form actually you would come across more often. The longer one is just academic purposes, I have put it here. So now we are going to go to L and L. I hope it's clear. L. This also you may not come across that often, but uh, just for the sake of completeness, I have included it. And the longer version again, you add another extension of the curve. So you can see this curve usually comes to expand the sounds for R and R. Um, but I thought just for your information, I'm covering that. But I, I wouldn't say that you need to worry too much about these two letters. Okay, I'm just going to erase it. The next one is A. Okay, so basically a straight line and a diagonal line extending, then another line parallel to that, halfway, that is E. Sorry, sorry, A. Okay, that is A. And for I, at the top the circle, you have an extension like this. Okay. Okay, there are some comments I will just read. Uh, I hope. Um, yes, I will be player. Uh, uh, the slide will go later on today to the. Google Classroom, and you can always uh, view. 
Outro vídeo que clico. I think I have spotlighted. I hope you can. Uh... Okay, thank you very much. I hope. Uh... Sorry, I don't know. I should allow you to unmute. I should wait like one second. I had. Um... You can unmute and speak now because I have uh, in the allow people to because just to reduce the sound. But anyone wants to ask any questions, please go ahead and unmute and speak. So this is I, okay? Uh, if you hide the screen, we can see full form now. Oh, you want me to stop sharing it? Yeah, Actually, stop sharing and if you put it in, we can see bigger in bigger bigger size. Okay, so I will pause sharing. Yeah. Is it better now? Still, we are seeing your screen sharing. Sharing only? Okay. Um, okay, now it's okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry about it. I, I hope, do you want me to go back and go through each of them and now it's okay? I, I, get, I get it, but uh, I don't know others. Shainam, okay, I think it's best to rewrite and go a little slowly, please. Okay, fine, fine, you know. So, we'll start with, so I'm going to go again. I, I thought when I spotlight myself, my the share screen would become smaller. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay, I will start from the beginning if it's okay. Means, uh, you can ask any question. So we are going to go back to R. Brother? I uh, don't know. No. You, we are okay. Uh, that's okay now. Okay, I will go through, but if it's too fast, you let me know. So we are going to start with R, which is basically you write a three. From the middle of the three, you go up, come down, and you write this R. So this is R. So you first you write the three, then you go up, come down, and the shiro rekha, the line at the top is drawn. So that is R. So the slides which I've given and the practice material which I've given has numbers provided so you can actually know which, how do you write, draw. But I told you for everyone's benefit, I will just take you through once, okay? And this is the shorter form of R. To make it long, you draw a parallel line next to it that makes it the R long one, R, okay? So this second line is usually you will come across that even in normal reading later on, when a, a line like that is put, the sound gets elongated, especially the R sound gets elongated, okay? So that is R and R. Now we'll go to E. It's written like this, you draw a line like this, then you draw an S, then you write like that, okay? Draw a line down, write an S, and then you finish off with that. And then you write, draw the line at the top, which is E, okay? This is a short E. The longer E, there's one additional uh, object which is drawn, which is 
a hook at the top. A hook at the top makes the E longer. Okay. So this is the longer E. So like Ishwara. So you will start with this E. Okay, that's one of the most common words which you'll come across. Isha, Ishwara, Ishwari. All of them will start with this letter. Okay. The next one I'm going to write is U, short form of U, which is basically a three with a line at the top. This is U, short U. Okay. The longer U, you basically have a tail, or you know, which you may see normally in the ohm also, you will see that. This becomes a longer U. This is U. Okay. The short one is just the three and a line above. The longer one has a tail. Okay, which is which makes it U the longer version. Okay. I hope Sister Bhavani, the speed is okay. Yeah, that's it's a good idea. Fine, thank you. The next letter, actually, next four letters are not that critical, but um, anyway, I will go through them, which is r, r and l, l. Okay. Uh, you will not come across them that often except the first one, but just for completeness, I will go through them. So you draw more or less a C, or a D actually, just half of a D. Then you take it up. Just like Om, I, I would say. So this is a rule. It's a bit uh, difficult, but if you look at the material which I give, you will figure it out. You draw so sort of a D, half of a D. Then you draw a line like this. Then you draw. I don't know how to explain it, but you will have to see. If you see the uh, material which I give, you will be able to find. And then you write, uh, so you draw line at the top. This is R. This is a this is a vowel which you will come across reasonably uh, commonly, and especially in words like Rishi, R, Rishi, you will come across this word. The first letter, the first letter in the word Rishi is this R. Okay. To make it longer one, you will, I don't think you'll ever come across, is my personal view, but just so that your information, I would say, you add another squiggly here. That makes it longer. Okay. I mean, I myself have not come across this often in any, or this at all in any of the things which I've read. But I thought just for the sake of completeness, it is given here. Okay. Um, you can take a look at the material and maybe if you want next year, next week also, we can just go over if you are interested. But I'm just going to erase this. We're going to the word li. Okay. Li.
So you basically, I don't know what you want to call it, a three basically side wise, something like this. Okay, this is lit. Um, I, I doubt that you will ever come across this also, but I thought I will okay, uh, give it to, show it to you. Then the longer version of this lever is an additional squiggly at the bottom. That makes it a longer one. Lever. Okay. I'm going to erase this. The next one, next letter is A, which which you will come across quite often. You draw a line, then you draw a diagonal line, then you draw a parallel line like this, and you draw a line above. Uh, anyone, all Tamils would understand this is a mirror opposite of Ra in Tamil. Okay, this is A. Okay, it's a longer. Longer, there's only one version which is longer version in Sanskrit, which is A. Ekam, Ekam, Ekam Sat, Vipra Bhavuda Vadanti, yes, Ekam means one. So that uh, it will come across this A often. Eva, there are couple, many, many, many words you will come across in Sanskrit with the word A. Then the next letter is I, for which you are you draw something like this. Okay, this is I. Aishwarya is a common word. I, Aishwarya. Is Aikya. That also will be. Okay, Aikya means unity. Aishwarya means all well. You will come across this word, I. Okay, so now we are going to go to O. O is more or less like writing R. And so one three like this. This is too short. Okay. So you recognize this as R. I hope you recognize this as R. You draw a line above the R. So this is, is as you can see, it's R. To this, you put this, that becomes O. Okay, you, basically you are writing R, the longer R, and you are using the same extra um, part which we had written for I. Here also we are using it, so this becomes O. Okay. And the next letter is Au, basically writing another one. That becomes Au. So the difference between O and Au is just an extra piece here. Okay, extra uh, uh, squiggly at the bottom, at the top. Okay, that is Au. Okay, if everyone is okay, I will erase this. 
So the next one, I'm just going to write, it's Anuswara. Anuswara is not this. Anuswara is the dot which comes at the top, okay? But generally, uh, just so that people understand what is the position, we write R just so that people understand its relativeness. But this is not Anuswara. This is the only thing which is Anuswara, okay? But just for the purpose of explaining to you how where it is posed, where it's written, the letter I is generally used. So, um, okay, but um is the only sound which is Anuswara. But for the sake of, uh, it's always comes with another vowel. So I thought, uh, not only I thought, uh, it is always good to see it in relation to a vowel. So that is Anuswara, which is nothing but a dot. Okay, but I have just written R for the sake of relating it to uh, overall writing scheme, okay? So I'm going to erase that dot. Again, I is left here. You write a colon here, two dots, which is Visarga. which is basically an expelling of air, ah. So many people would say when, it, when you say ah and you expel, even the air should come out with a uh, sound ah, aha, rama, ha, okay. But it should not be ha, it should be just more air than the sound, okay, aha. But so that just to communicate, people make it a bit more distress on the sound, but once we learn the sound, we should not make the sound the word ha, is my understanding. So that is the visarga, which is this two dots or colon, okay? So that is um, all the vowels, which I wanted to point out. I'm just going to, again, go to the sharing of the screen. Okay, I will again take you through all the letters. You can see, I hope, um, I'm going to unpin myself. Okay, so you can see the, the numbers are there given. There's one which is like this, then two is drawing like that, and three is that. This is R. I is an extra letter, extra uh, bar at the next to the R which is longer R. I've also given you the transliteration which will be used. So this is R, and R means above the A, there is a bar, uh, you know, a, a line, which makes it a longer R, okay? This is E, again, you can see the one is given, and the arrow shows you the way, how you write, and the bar at the top, line at the top. So the transliteration in English is E. I is used for E, okay, short I. Then E, as you can see the longer one, there is this extra piece of hook, which we draw at the top. And it is pronounced E. And as you can see the I is written and there's a line at the top. That means wherever you come across, it's a longer E. So A, A, E, E, okay. They're going to go to U. As you can see, a three is written, a line at the top, 
the transliteration letter which is used is u okay u the longer version has an extra tail at the end and that is pronounced u i think some of you may ask you know where do we start writing the uh, tail you know each print will have its own style but as long as you understand that you write an u and write a, draw a tail somewhere you will see the tail starting in the middle here sometimes you will see it here it's a preference ultimately so u the longer version has u with the line at the top okay that elongated elongated sound of u u u and u r which is the vowel r okay now the numbers are here you can see how it is drawn will always have an r and there will be a circle at the bottom okay as you can see a circle at the bottom would mean it's a vowel r with r okay uh, you will come this come across this one especially when we write something like krishna so we'll put k and this so that means it's krishna okay um so um, just be familiar with that okay r with a dot at the bottom means it is the vowel r okay the longer version you may not come across but it's just for academic purposes the same ra with uh, you know the extra the difference between this and this is an extra squiggly at the bottom and the transliteration has a line at the top with an r with a dot below and a line at the top so that is a longer version of r okay Anyway, I'm going to post this uh, material anyway, so you can take a look at it. Um, I don't know whether I should post the material little before the class, so you have print it out and keep it ready. I think that's also something which I can consider doing, so that you can take down notes on the printed material. Um, I will try to do that. Uh, have the uh, the deck ready earlier, at least one or two days, so you can print it, and that will make it easy for you all. Um, the next vowels are l and l. Um, the numbers are given. I think so. I, I will point out only the transliteration here. It's the l l letter l with the dot at the bottom, which basically means it's l, which is the vowel which you will come across. Um, I, I doubt that you will ever come across, but. it's there and that's the schema of transliteration i will put i put it here just for your information this is a longer one it has an extra squiggly to make the a longer one and the transliteration is also same l with a dot below and the line at the top okay this is l and l then this is the a which we spoke about already you know line you know there is some curvatures they put just for stylistic reasons i guess um so it is a line and a diagonal line extension a, a parallel bar halfway and a line at the top this a you will always come across e with the line at the top okay so this is i which is a plus some uh, uh, horn at the top i would say i you will always come across a and i i okay 
as the transliteration in English for Roman letters. So now we are going to go to O and AU. As I said, you know, you write the A, the longer A, and you have a horn at the top. So which is the O, transliteration is the letter O plus a line at the top to depict you that it's a longer O sound. Okay, O. AU, as I told you, that's an extra horn at the top, two horns more or less. And it, the transliteration is AU. Sometimes you may come across OU also, but generally AU is a better representation. So AU. This is the Anuswara. As I told you, the A is not necessarily part of Anuswara. It's just there as an indication of where the Anuswara is in relation to a letter. The number four, which is the dot at the top, is the Anuswara. And the transliteration is M with the dot at the top, um. The, the real Anuswara is M, okay? So which is an M with a dot at the top. Okay. The next letter is Visarga, vowel, a special vowel, which is nothing but these two dots, which is like a colon, but the I is given just for relative placement purposes. So the transliteration for the Visarga you will come across is an H with a dot at the bottom. Whenever you see an H with a dot at the bottom, realize that it is the Visarga, okay? Um, so I just wanted you to become familiar with this, the letters themselves, so that you can recognize them when we read, and also how it's transliterated, because you will come across these things, you know, in the public, Material, even in the web, there are quite a bit of material. Even if you know the transliteration schema and how the word, how the pronounce, how to pronounce it, you'll be able to read a lot of material uh, which you can find. Okay. Um, so if you learn the Devanagari also, it'll that much more richer your ability to um, read material would be. Uh, so my goal is so that you can I, to enable you to be able to go and read on your own and learn and study. Okay, so that's the whole idea of this uh, course. So I thought I will deal, uh, I don't know whether I spent too much time for some of you, it may be boring, I guess, if you already know. Uh, but I thought for those who may not be that familiar or have not come across this, I should spend a sufficient amount of time because once we have this foundation that is strong, then it's easy for us to build on it as we go along and read uh, Sanskrit text, okay? Um, so that is what I had to cover. If you are interested, I can sort of begin uh, the consonants today, just uh, maybe a brief introduction. Um, I have given you the materials for practicing the vowels uh, in the Google Classroom already. Um, you all can take a look at it. And if you have any questions, please let me know. Uh, I'm just going to touch upon the consonants today, uh, just a brief introduction, and then uh, we can, I mean, I, maybe I will just show you a couple of them, uh, just so that I have about five minutes, 
if all of you are okay and if you will um, if you are uh, okay for five minutes we'll spend some time on the consonants and then uh, we will open up for question and answers if you have any um, there's a comment yeah. okay so vyanjanam so the singular uh, word for consonant is vyanjanam okay and vyanjanani vyanjanani is consonants plural okay i put something in sanskrit here it's not essential but i thought i'll just for your uh, anyone who is uh, wanting to investigate more you know they have some information vividam gachatya juparag vasad iti okay actually if you break it down vividam vividam means many gachatya means the how it moves okay something which moves or spreads whatever uparaga basad means it gives a variety of it uh, gives certain colors uh, it makes it also pleasing to you you know it makes you attractive basad iti vyanjanam so whatever see for example if you take the vowels they are just sounds which go you know ah so for many people it will be boring so you know we like to decorate with different things so that it becomes colorful it make, makes much more meaning for it and attractive also so the consonants give as the color for the language and it also makes it attractive and it makes it beautiful okay that's why vyanjan is also decoration you could say it symbolizes spreading the spark of knowledge because for us to understand anything uh, we need language words you know if somebody says just sing om and you will understand out sometimes we may not understand what exactly it means so sometimes you have to make various sounds which makes it a bit more colorful and uh, because mind is always looking for variety and color and different tastes different flavors so the consonants give all that to the language how do they do that they block they block the uh, flow of air and then release block and release it's like you know you play hide and seek with the children and children love it you can't see and then you can see you know so what it does is it blocks and then it releases that's what the consonant does and how it closes and opens creates various sounds and that adds color to the sound production and it with those colors we are able to produce so many words make it more enjoyable more sweet to the tongue and so on so that is the work of the vyanjanas consonants basically add color to the vowel the sounds which flow naturally from this universe okay so that is vyanjana vyanjana many um will we will cover them one step by step and then i will look at all of them the most basic start of the consonants starts with a sound called I think I have already mentioned. Uh, Swami has talked about the eight sounds which come. You understand? I don't know whether you all remember. In the first uh, class, I had mentioned. So the first word is ka. Okay. The ka sound is actually it's produced at the uh, root of the mouth, at the back of the throat. Okay. So that it's called guttural, as you can see. I put the word guttural. or kantha kantha means throat okay 
So that is where the ka is produced. So in Sanskrit, there are some, so there are some consonants, actually there are five sets of consonants which are called vargiya, or they belong to a certain class, okay? So this is called ka varga, ka varga. So the thing is in um, language like Tamil, we have only one ka, but the thing is, what they have done is, even that ka, there are varieties of colors to that ka. And the rishis have studied them and they have structured it in a manner so that you produce all varieties of that sound possible, which are meaningful at the same time, which have certain vibration, which have power. Okay. So that is ka varga. So ka varga consists of five letters actually. Okay. Actually, it is four. The last one is called the anunasika, which is produced through the nose. Okay, so if you, I think all of us know ka, ka, I think everyone produces, what happens if you really observe, the tongue actually raises and touches the palate and it blocks the air from coming and then it releases it. Ka, you can look at, you can produce sound and say ka, ka. So the tongue raises up, blocks the sound, blocks the air, and then it releases from that point. So here the word ka. So for example, if you take the flute at different uh, holes, if you close and release, the sound comes, okay? It's the same thing, um, same technology, you know? So you produce what's called ka, okay? Then the second one, so there is, uh, I will just produce the sound, ka, ka, ga, ga. And this is called nga. Okay, you know, by producing all these sounds, the tongue position is exactly the same. But what changes is how the air is produced and how it's resonated. Okay, these two are called hard sounds. They are also called swasa. Okay, that means you produce the sound only through just breath. You don't, res you don't add resonance to that. Okay. See, they, there's, there are multiple classification and description. I have not put all of them here because it will get too crowded. So, swas, so these two are called swasa and these two are called nada. So, for example, this is ka, this is ga, ka, ga. So, you actually exactly the same. But the thing is, here actually you're pressing it hard. That's why the word hard. Here you are touching it soft, but you are resonating it. That's called it's called soft. Ga, ga. So this is also called swasa. It means you don't resonate. You just push air. Ga. Then this is resonating nada. So it's called ga, 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 ga. Okay. There is a there is a similarity between this and this because of the same amount of air is produced pushed for this letter and this letter. This first ka letter and the third one, the same amount of air is produced, pushed, which is called alpa prana. Alpa prana, unaspirated is the word which I've used here because that's what everyone uses. Alpa means little, prana means air. So you produce only little air for this. Ka and ga, as you can see, this, this also alpa prana, ga. Ka, and ga are produced with very little air, okay? This one 
this is ka and ga are called mahaprana that means you pack a lot of air and push it okay ka ga okay so this can this difference is this is ka this is ka this is ga this is ga okay generally in, in writing in english they put h a but do, please understand it's not gaha okay it is actually it, it indicates that you have to push more air so okay ka ka ga ga and this one is nga so basically you keep the tongue the same way but you resonate the nasal cavity nga okay um we'll come to that you know the use i will come later i think most languages in indian languages have this sound ng is the sound i you can say it is closer to ng singing and sing you know something like sing uh, that mm, okay mm. so ka ka ga ga na okay so there are many people in many places they will say um it they give english equivalent you know so that you can pronounce like that but i would say we should not get caught in it because these sounds are not produced distinctly in english okay or any even even tamil um, but i think some of the north indian languages it is produced so for today i think just i just wanted to touch on this to explain to you how the reality is see if you take um, a language like tamil we also produce these sounds but we are not consistent in how we produce some people will say use the word ka some people will say use the word ga uh, you know ga all of them are indiscriminately used we don't consistently use them but in sanskrit these sounds are categorized and consistently used um so that means there's a certain discipline on how it is produced it also is believed by saying these words actually you strengthen your lung okay this also becomes a pranayama ka ka ga ga na ka ka ga ga na so one of the reason people say that it also help lot of speech problems breathing problems can be treated by just chanting these um, vowels and consonants is another theory uh, people have used people are using them to teach uh, rectify certain speech problems also because there is power in how this sound is produced because there are vibrations they also act on our nerves and our body also body organs so we should i will just practice for just practice along with me mute it and practice i guess ka ka ga ga na ka ka ga ga na okay practice it so basically you little air more air sound with a little air sound with more air that becomes so you know you practice it slowly your vocal cords your system your body everything will supposed to improve with that practice okay now so it's so 1005 i will pause here i don't know whether i have packed too much material but um, i just wanted to introduce you to the consonants here because i think we should make some progress also uh, i hope the speed with which the pace which i am following is good enough for you um it's neither too slow nor too fast i hope 
uh, I will open it up for any questions anyone may have on the material which we discussed today, Saira. Sir, this Mahaprana should be aspirated, not unaspirated, right? Oh, sorry, I, okay, I will fix. Sorry, brother. Thank you very much for point out, pointing out. Problem with the slide. Um, I will fix it. Thank you very much. I have a question uh, on the uh, Sahana Bhavatu that, okay. uh, that uh, I don't know if you can bring it up, it's easier. But yes, I got it. Okay, that in the Tejasvina Vadidamastu, the syllable Te has uh, lines underneath and above. So it's, it's okay. a hard. It's a bit confusing. That's I, I know it's a bit confusing, but that's the best they could do. The line at the top on the E basically tells you it's a longer, longer vowel. Right. The lines at the bottom actually basically means that it's a lower pitch. Tejasvina, Tejasvina. So basically it's Tejas, you go up, Svi, and again you come down to Na. So this line at the bottom indicates that it's sounded at the lower pitch of the three pitches or the accents which we use, okay? Uh, uh, lower A, pitch, but uh, long, uh, long A. Huh? It's not long A. Here it's, yes, long A. This A has a dash on top, line on top to indicate that it's long. Te, ja, svi, na. Okay. Tejasvina. Tejasvina. Okay. Is that okay, brother? Yeah, yeah, but still, uh, no, not this, just an example. There are many other instances. But you see, if it's, uh, say, Sahana Vavadu, that just uh, the Okay, the, the horizontal line above, uh, the vertical line above is uh, dirkam, right? It's long, long. This. Yes. But horizontal line above is is a long, uh, it's indicate the long sound, right? Yes, yes. But, See, hori uh, but uh, horizontal line underneath, uh, the, uh, that is, uh, is it Udata? That means, uh, uh, lower pitch, right? Yeah. Yes, brother. Yes. Yeah, so if it is, it has both above is some syllables there, vowel uh, syllables there, uh, uh, horizontal lines underneath and above. Uh, so underneath is lower pitch, but if it's uh, horizontal line above, what does that indicate? The horizontal line above is always for longer, longer vowel. The horizontal line above any vowel is always indicating a longer vowel. Okay. 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 Horizontal line above a vowel is always a longer vowel. Okay. 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 Um, so I, it does not indicate any accent. Oh. Okay. 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 Sairam. Yes, son. Sairam, there is a vertical line that the, uh, that shows us we have to. Raise our pitch, isn't yes, it? Aunt. Yes. Okay. So the, the vertical you. line above the vowel is always indicating that it has to be at a higher pitch. So in the case of sahana, sir is low, 
her is in the middle na is at the top so, the, so it's one two three you know it goes sahana sahana vavatu again comes back to the middle okay sahana vavatu sahana kunaktu so one two three two 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 one two three two 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 you know sahana vavatu sahana kunaktu okay brother i hope it's clear yeah yeah i got it now yeah thank you Okay, I I don't I, I prefer not to as well, but just because you asked, I thought because this mantra we chanting every day, I thought I will just deal with only this mantra, um, because otherwise it will become a slightly different uh, course, and I don't think I'm qualified to teach. Um, okay. Any other questions? I think there was. Sairam, brother, is it possible go back to that mantra again, please? And where this uh, there is a line, can you go with the uh, um, repeating that mantra again, please? Sahana Babatu. Yeah, please. Okay. Then there is a line and all, right? Okay. Okay, I will and, go through slowly. And the okay. and the top another line is there, you know. One. Okay. So in okay, I will go with one by one. Okay. This O is a longer O. Om. Okay, I've used the word mm, just to show. This this is a standard ISO one five nine one nine for Om. So I put. So I think there should not be any confusion here. This is Om. Then in the case of Sa, there is a line at the bottom, which basically means it's at a lower pitch. Sa, okay. H A is there's no lines anywhere. That means it's the middle, and the A is a short A. in this sa also it's shorter so it's sa ha sa ha sa ha okay then when we come to na this a has a horizontal line above which basically means that a is longer na it's a longer na in addition to that there is a vertical line on top of that means it should be at the higher pitch in vedic chanting there are three levels a okay so sahana so that's the way it should be chanted sahana then va va tu the, all of them are short but also there's no pitch that's in the middle level okay sahana va va tu okay then you come to sahana so again here it's shorter a sahana is au okay this a u come together But always at the top, as slightly at a higher pitch. Sahana. Then again, bhunaktu is the same level or middle level. Bhunaktu. Okay. Here again, sahvi. Sahvi. So you can see this I. There's a. This. Sorry. Sorry. Sahviryam. Sorry. Sah. Sa is long, short, um, lower. Ha is in the middle. V in this case, I is a longer E, but with the accent at the bottom. That means you have to again bring it down. Sa ha vi yam. Sa ha vi yam. Sorry, that's why I said I should not be teaching. 
Sahaviryam. Sahaviryam. So actually, you can go from Viryam, you are going all the way up to the top. Sahaviryam. Karava. This A is actually long. Ba, Bahai. Karava, Bahai. But all of them, pitch is the same. Karava, Bahai. Then if you come to Te, there's a horizontal line above, which basically says it's E is long. Te, but the thing is, there's a line at the bottom. So, Te, Te, Ja. Te, Ja. Ja is short, uh, but it's lower. Te, Jas, Ve. Te, Jas, Ve. We are going to the middle level. Na. Again, long ra. Na. Te, Jas, Ve. Na. Pa. Te. These again, E is long. Tejasvina Padhi Tamastu Mastu. Again, U, U is lower. Tejasvina Padhi Tamastu Ma. Middle level. Ma. But it's I is long. Okay. Ma. Ve. There's, there's a vertical line above I, so that is short. E, but it should be at a higher pitch. Vidvisha. Vidvisha. Sha again, we have come down. Okay? But it's an eyes long. So that's why there's a line above. Visha. Bahai. This is a double line at the top, which pronounces Bahai. Okay? So, I. Okay, so then we go to Om Shanti. Om is common. Sha is longer. Ah, te shanti. There is because e you come down. There is a line at the bottom. Shanti, shanti, shanti. E. So that's why there's a vertical line above the eye there. Okay, it's a bit too confusing. I hope it's not. Um, but anyone who wants to spend some time, I hope is that clear, sister? Yeah, thank you very much, brother. I think there was another question someone asked. I thought I skipped. Uh, I think Sister Bhavani had posted uh, something on the chat. She says, uh, how about asking people to write a letter or two on the whiteboard? Someone has to come here and write, unless they have whiteboards at home, they can practice. See, I know in the classroom. No, Anna, I meant under share screen whiteboard. Oh, shared screen whiteboard. Any brave people willing to write? <laughs> I don't know. If anyone willing to, we can try. Um, actually, at the Q&A session, maybe we can try when there is time. And, you know, um, I would rather, you know, when I speak for the first hour, I will just go on. But if anyone wants to practice, uh, it's good. Because I'm going to anyway give the practice sheets. I think people can practice. And if you want, you send it back. It should be pretty or straight forward. I understand there could be interactive. Um, if there are volunteers, I think Bhavani is volunteering to write and. No, practice. I'm not. I was just suggesting. <laughs> um, I, I think it can be done. Is it some annotate or something like that we can use? Saira, uh, maybe Bhavani is uh, referring that you used the whiteboard. No, no, no. She says others also can write. Sign up. So, Anna, you know, you go to share. 
Yes. And then you click on the whiteboard. So if we have a volunteer who learned it today and want yes. to write a letter and show us, that will be very good. You can but correct it for us. Or maybe you can write something and make us guess it. Because we learned a lot today, right? Yes, but I think I will test next week. <laughs> because it's too too soon. Some yeah. may be, you know, feeling yeah. left out. So everyone can practice. And uh, I will just flash the letter on the screen and people can recognize. I think that's a good thing. Uh, good I think Sister Bhavani has gone to testing now. You know, then I'll have assign marks and who will be the, you know, prices, price giving and things like that. But I think it's good, you know. I think some interaction is always good. I want it to be interactive. Uh, it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I, if there are technology, better technology we can use, you, people can suggest. I have tried to learn how to use technology and try to do the best I can. I hope it is worthwhile. Uh, but I think, Bhavani, what you are saying is very good because, uh, you know, that way, you know, some, you know, some recognition, some practice um, online will be very good. Uh, yeah, I think what we will do is uh, maybe um, next week I will do 45 minutes of talk, then 15 minutes of interaction, you know, like testing and things like that. Then we can go on to some question and answer if you have any questions. Okay, I think that's the only way we are all going to learn and improve and familiar. Even I, you know, I, sorry, there are some of the slides which, in a rush, I have not, uh, there are some errors which have crept in. Um, I will fix them and then I will post it to the website, okay? So, Sairam, can you just suggest to us what homework should we do? Should I be writing so, this every day? How many times? See, see there's, as Swami says, there's no force, okay? You know, See, my job is to familiarize yourself. If you all want to uh, want me to give you exercise, I can give. Uh, but at this point in time, it's just letter practice, which I've already given a sheet. Uh, people can practice that, and that will be good enough homework, I guess. I think you all have already too much work, you know, home, homework, office work, and then I don't want to give additional homework. There are many ladies who are here. I think they are already overworked. Children, family, home, work. So I don't want to burden you, uh, but it's up to you. You know, I will give you some practice sheets, but I'm not expecting everyone to uh, you know, do that and send it to me. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to give some exercise for you to practice. I think that's part of uh, learning also. Um, but uh, it's, it's, it's your choice. It's an option. Okay, it's an honor system. Sairam? Sairam, as you... Sairam, there's an accent on Shanti uh, above S. What that's a slanted line? What does that mean? Oh, so I've not come to that, sister. That is the the sh. There are four, three types of. One is sir, sh, and sh. You know, there are three shas. Um, I will explain to you when we go to consonants, and then you will understand. You know, there's an S with a dot below. And there's an S with a slant uh, at the bottom, uh, at the top. And both of them mean different sounds which are produced. When we come to that, I, that's why I did not want to spend too much time, but I just wanted to introduce you. But it's a good question you have asked. When we come to other consonants, you will understand why those lines are there and what, how to pronounce that word, okay? Thank you. Thank you, Sairam. Thank you. Sairam, uh, 
you mentioned earlier that you you would post the day's lessons a day prior. Could you do that? Not lessons like some practice. Yeah, yeah, practice material, sister. Yesterday itself, I posted uh, the letter practice material. But I was also telling I will pr uh, produce the deck also, which I'm going to share a little earlier. So you all can print it out and keep. And okay. then you can make your notes on that, you know. Oh. That, okay. that would help. I'm hoping to do I'm very sorry. I should have thought about it and done it. But, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, I am also rushing at the end. Hopefully okay. you... Uh, understand thank you okay thank you thank you sarah okay thank you uh, some good feedback um i am happy I'm, i will be happy if you all benefit and if you all find it useful and uh, that is the you know that's my sense of uh, satisfaction that you know others are also able to enjoy what i am enjoying i am able to read and i am able to understand so if others benefit, it's that much more. That's why I, I learned because others shared it with me. So it's not something which I, you know, I have created or discovered. Most of this material also I have gone to the web and done some research and put together. Uh, so I am also learning from others. Um, um, any any other questions from anyone? Sairam, brother, this is Vani. Um, so when I'm on this slide itself, like, you know, we see OM, that's one letter, and then sir, uh, that is one letter, but mm -hmm. here on the English letter, S A sir, but only on the A there is a line below. Why didn't we put the line below for the sir okay. A itself? Yeah. So the thing is, sister, the consonants just add color, but they don't actually produce the sound. So the thing is, even though in Sanskrit there is one letter here. Actually, it is a combination of a vowel and a consonant. Okay. S is the consonant. A is the vowel. Together, they form another word. You know, in Tamil and other languages, you have uk and ka. Okay. It's the same. But in English, English does not. You know, you don't, only that many Roman letters are there. So the consonant and the vowel come together to form one letter. Okay. That is the difference. This is this transliteration is only being provided as a aid in the beginning. At some point, we should give that up, and we should go straight to reading the Sanskrit uh, because uh, it's easier to read. There is less confusion, I would say. Uh, Sahana, so sa is one letter, okay? But actually, it is a consonant which is and a becomes sa, okay? That is why in, so then the number of letters and is many in Indian languages, whereas in English, you try to do everything with the 20 or, uh, okay, or letters. Um, that's the reason. Okay. More to memorize. See, actually, you know, once you, I, I hope you all don't get discouraged. In Sanskrit, you, there's so many combination letters. Uh, you will, I hope you all are patient and you diligent and don't give up. <laughs> That's what I would say. Uh, but we will get there. Okay, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Okay, I think there are some comments. Uh, 
Okay, so a uh, lot of compliments. It's okay. Thank you very much, everyone. It's my joy to be actually my love for the language. I would say it's more than anything. Um, I'm happy that so many of you are loving the same thing which I love. It's in a human. It's human nature. You know, we like something. If others also like, we all happy. Okay, it's like that. Um, I hope it, it gives you. It enriches your journey of uh, spirituality. And reading and understanding Swami's literature, okay. With those thoughts and singing bhajans also, you know, you will, you will understand after you go through a few classes. Next time when you sing bhajans, the level, the experience of how you enjoy bhajans, uh, the meaning, everything will actually become so much more richer and joyful. Uh, that's all I can say. Uh, so we will close for today. I think we are almost reaching ten thirty. Okay. Thank um, you very much, brother. Thank you. Okay. Uh, with uh, we'll do samastha loka and close the session sayla thank you so much thank you samastha loka sukhino bhavantu samastha loka sukhino bhavantu Samastha loka sukhino bhavantu. Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Sai Ram, everyone. Sai Ram, thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.